Welcome to RPG Ramblings with Jeff Jones. This is a weekly show exploring the various details of the tabletop RPG hobby through discussions with interesting people. Today, Tim Shorts of Gothridge Manor joins me in a discussion about our experiences as project creators for ZineQuest 3. This is a behind-the-scenes look at what it's like going through the Valley of Fire, and we share the details and our thoughts. For talking points, I use Tim's post, Successfully Funded, some stats and insights from his blog post on gothridgemanor.blogspot.com. If you check out that post, you can sort of follow along. Before the interview, I knew we would be talking about a lot of details, and I knew that might prove to be too much for many of my listeners. The plan was that Tim and I would talk for about an hour, then I would record a second, non-technical interview to provide lighter content. As we talked, it became obvious that I consistently underestimate how long I can discuss any topic with people like Tim. Don't worry, this isn't all details. We chat about products that caught our interest. We also discuss our personal criteria for the things that we bought. And we ramble about various other topics. Time is short. It's time to get rambling. Hello, Tim. Hey, what's going on, Joe? <laughs> Just the normal craziness. Uh, congratulations on your Kickstarter. Thank you. Congratulations on your Kickstarter. Well, hi, thank you. Uh, this isn't uh, meant to be a love fest, but uh, about our little Kickstarters. But I think there's enough things that have happened uh that has uh i think might be interested of people who've not been on this side of the kickstarter before and in your blog spot gothridgemanor.blogspot.com uh you, you threw out some information and i think that's been one of the one of the great things about our our um group the zine crush group not just to lump this into that but it seems it extends that there's a lot of sharing of information yeah absolutely and so, so I guess before we go too far, so what were your, what were your price points on this, on your, on your Kickstarter? Um, this year I was $10 for the prints and $5 for the PDF. And when the print it included the PDF also, so it was print PDF. And then, uh, then from shipping, it was uh, $3 for domestic and then $5 for international. Well, see, that's what's nice because you're doing a, a single zine. So have you shipped international before? I ship international every month with my Patreon. I'm, I ship all the time. So you absolutely know what your cost is on this. Yeah, well, the, the, the interesting thing is because I've taken a short break from my Patreon, uh, shipping things out. And in the meantime, that's when the whole retext thing came up and it seems like the uh, shipping cost, at least to Great Britain, has gone astronomical uh, in that. So I still haven't shipped anything to there yet since that change. So, and I'm going to be shipping them out a little bit different. Probably this year, instead of shipping them out in envelopes, I'll probably do those, uh, what are they called? Flat mailer box, you know, the fat flat mailers and stuff. Yeah. And that costs more to ship those because they're, they're, stiff so they they charge you more for that yeah and that's what's hard because i think just in the u.s it there's it can be some complications to how you mail things because mm -hmm. i think you can so there's like different categories so i think you can stick stuff in an envelope you may be one rate right in a larger envelope might be another rate but if you go to media mail that's really limited to what you can you can put in there yeah 
Yeah, I mean, but I I don't like with envelope with with the zines and stuff. I always ship them first class regardless because it's not really that much more money on my part, and that's maybe why charge a little bit more because I want to do the flat mailers, put them in plastic, you know, really give them a, a product. I think the more you put into presenting it to the person, the more maybe they'll, they'll value it too at the same time. Sometimes it's just as a little bit of the presentation as much as the content too. You know? it, 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 do you own any Apple products? Apple products? Uh, yeah, I don't use them. My wife does. She's got like the iPod or one of those. Yeah, they make sure when you open that box, they make sure you you get the feeling that you've got yeah, something yeah, nice. Yeah, the boxes are very uh, well made. Yeah, the presentation is <laughs> very yeah impressive. Yeah, yeah I end up getting a, 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 a um, so a bunch of I switched over to, to Mac uh, years ago, but then we got something in the uh, some sort of laptop. Mm -hmm. I had the hardest time getting this thing out of the box, and I had to <laughs> cut through this and cut through that and cut through right. this. You know, it's just like it's insane. But no, I agree. I because I've got three zines. I just didn't know what was going to happen with the shipping. Well, that's I the thing because I'm used to shipping one zine. You're doing three different zines, and that you know because once you start getting above that certain amount of ounces, then it gets a little bit tricky. I'm I'm usually around the two to three and a half ounce range, and I you know I, I it, would, it would definitely be a, a different trick doing the you know three zines at a time because this is the first time i've seen you were doing three zines and then um don stroud had like i think three zines and somebody had five zines out there yeah so. ben yeah they, yeah they had a bunch of yeah, yeah i saw ben he had his hand in my wallet i'm like ben, what oh, are you doing I know, I know. <laughs> but i mean i i'm really glad he offered those back issues because i did miss them so i was very glad he he offered those up even though yeah it was it was an expensive it's been a very expensive zine quest this year very yeah so i was really wasn't sure how i wanted to to price mine so i i had three mm -hmm. and um i kind of looked at what uh, phil reed would do so basically i think his price model generally is one dollar for pdf right eight dollars for one zine printed then sixteen dollars for two, and then twenty-four for three. Mm -hmm. So I kind of went with three for twenty-four, two for sixteen, because one didn't make sense. And I thought, <laughs> I thought nobody's going to spend, nobody's going to spend twenty-four dollars for three zines. There's no way anybody's going to spend that kind of money. And that's probably the one that sold the most of. It, for the yeah, oh yeah, for the longest time it was it was fifty-fifty between the eight-dollar PDFs or oh, okay. the the $24 zines for three of them. And I only have four that were at just one of the, you know, the two zines where I reduced the right. price, but it's so like, I just had no clue that was going to happen. And, you know, I kind of made me rethink. It's like, you know, if you can put out the content, if you can, if you could, you know, crank out enough for three or whatever, you know, it's, it, it it seems people are willing to pay for it. Oh, well, gamers are completionists. They, they don't want just part of the collection. They want the whole thing. Even yeah. if it's a damn book they're never going to use, they want it on their yeah. shelf. That's <laughs> just the way it's basically kind of felt that way. I mean, I, you know, I don't know where that comes from, but it, it, you see it through. I mean, it's not just us old guys. It's the younger crew, too. You know, they, they like having those uh, 
the whole set. Yeah, I think I was figuring my percentages at 50% PDF, maybe 30% or more at the $16 level than, you know, the 15, 20 or so and the other. But um, so, and I think also looking at what a number of other people have done, I think if you put out a product, um, I mean, if people feel it's worthwhile, they'll, they'll pay for it. I mean, it's yeah. not, it, it doesn't appear that I think a lot of people have myself completely, you know, complained rightly so that we're like, Oh my goodness, all the money we're spending, <laughs> but, but we're still spending it. <laughs> we are, we are. Well, it's almost like, it, you know, it's kind of, it, zine quest has become almost like this strange little phenomenon right now, at least because I'm surrounded by it. So, I mean, that's what it seems like to me. And I think this year they, I don't know if it was quite double, but almost double what they had last year in the beginning of, you know, the, the first volley of zines that came out. I think they had a little over 100 the first year and there was over 200, I think there was 200 and some last year. And I, and I heard, and I, I, I didn't check the numbers, but I thought so far there's like 400 or so right now out there. So, yeah. And and like I said, not only are they just putting out zines, they're doing the, a lot of people are doing those multiple zine offers too. So that, that gets expensive. And I see the price point creeping up on it too. It seemed like last year, most of the zines were around the eh, six, six to $8 range. And this year it's more eight to $10. So, and then because of shipping, I seen shipping go up pretty much across the board too. I did too, I did the same thing. And then some folks just, didn't even bother with uh, international shipping because of the, you know, uncertainty of the cost for that. Yeah, I was I was considering it, but I just decided this wasn't worth. Yeah, definitely. You don't want to do anything, especially for this stuff. I mean, this, a, a Zine Quest campaign to me should be, even though it's going to be a little bit stressful, it should be overall fun and uh, things. So you don't want to put extra stress on yourself and being able to complete the campaign um as painlessly as possible and 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 you know be able to look back at it and think you know you had a good time doing it yeah and i think the other thing I, i'm planning on doing is reaching out to the eight dollar level backers which is the pdf level mm -hmm. and those are in other countries maybe mainly the uk but um see if they're if they're wanting the full physical product and then working out with the the shipping so i can do it on a, a smaller scale with less right. risk well didn't you have that one what was his name alistair that you interviewed and yeah he didn't full well here's a here's the deal yeah <clears throat> is um he didn't have the full details this area i think how he wanted to work it out yet and he's sure. now working on that but the other thing is if you do the the, the mix them mm -hmm. so it's, I figured it's going to cost me, let's say $25 per zine to do one each. So that's $75 that if there's only one backer. Oh, geez. So at that point, I need like, like four or five backers right. to in the UK to justify uh, even messing with that. Considering it, yeah. Uh -huh. And... And I and I did talk to Alistair today. We're we're kind of chatting back and forth about some stuff, and because um, he's actually thinking about offering that sir. Well, 
<laughs> I, mean, I shouldn't be publishing this, but, but nobody else is listening. So we'll go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> he's looking at, you know, you know, doing the service for the, the U S and he's kind of looking through the numbers now, but um, I think it makes sense for, I told him, I think it makes sense for people that have like a thousand backers. I mean, if you can figure out that 10% of the people are in the UK, you know, you might be able to justify, right. you know, that, but the other thing I thought you could do, which I may consider next year. Um, but once I understand what the shipping rates are, what you could do is you could set your shipping at a high level as far as if you have to bail it right. from here. But then you could also, if it doesn't meet that level, um, you could also, because I think you have an option where you can just charge a flat amount or you can charge right. what the actual shipping was. But if you could do a mix sum and with, with Alistair or something, you might be able to lower that cost yeah. at that point. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Because I mean, yeah, that's what's, I don't say it's unfair. It's not quite right. But, you know, people in the, in Australia and people in, um, you know, in the UK, it's just, it's in Europe, it's just, you know, they, they're hungry for the stuff. Yeah. Well, the, the interesting thing, I think, well, I can't say about true right now, but the interesting thing about that, I think a lot of people have the misconceptions of how much it is to ship. Cause I ship stuff to Australia, to Europe, and pretty much if you're underneath that, like I was talking about that two ounce to 3.5 ounces, it's the same to ship to United Kingdom, to Romania, to Greece, to Australia. It's the same amount. It's the same. The only thing that's the odd amount is our little friends to the north. They they got to be different for some reason. They they fall in between. They're a little bit cheaper right. than Europe, but more expensive. But and then you got to start learning the little tricks of the postage because they have um, these things called Forever International stamps too that you can use. And the nice thing about those is they'll allow you to do up to a two ounce letter up there. And you can use that and it's cheaper to do it that way and it's fast and you can just slap on an international stamp boom you're gone it goes up to canada and you don't have to worry about it but again it's got a weight is you know always the major consideration with mail and then of course is it going to be in a box is it going to be in a uh, uh, mailer or is it going to just be in an envelope because those are always affect the cost too yeah it's, it's the other thing i don't because i don't have my books printed yet if i you know if i crank out to the to the heaviest paper, especially right. having three zines, you know, I could significantly shift. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause like if you're doing three zines, you're definitely, you're going to have to probably put them in a, an, at least a uh, oversized envelope or a stiff mail or something like that to, to get them. Yeah. Where they're at. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I think, you know, this is why I should. So my problem is I, I normally can't do everything ahead of time. I have to do a thing and then figure it out. Mm -hmm. So probably at this point now, I'll call the, once I get it all ready to go, then I'll call the post office and say, what should I do? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I figured, I figured that uh, just doing media mail, but we'll, we'll see. Um, Absolutely. What I, what I've done in the past is because I, I, I'm in the post office a lot. So they, they know me by name when I walk in kind of thing. And they're very good about um, helping me out. So I'll go in there with my zine and say you, you don't know which way you want to do it. I would package it up the two or three different ways you're going to do it and just take it down to the post office, have them weigh it out, have them. Because just because the one person tells you it's one thing doesn't mean that's the way it's going to work out. So it's it's important to actually go down there and let them run them through the machines and see exactly the weight, you know, and like what they consider a regular envelopes from an oversized envelope. Right. 
And yeah. so once you get them to accept it and pull it past the counter, you're fine. But to that point, you could take somebody's word at it and drop it off a different post office. It may be different rules. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. I mean, I, oh, yeah, you just, cause I had, uh, I can't remember which, what I mailed out now. Boy, it's been a while, but there was a, the one guy, when I talked to him on the phone, he said it was fine. And then when I went to mail it out, all my packages came back to me. Luckily it wasn't a lot, but it was enough that it was like, you know, but I had to, they already did the, the stamp over it. So I, I had to repostage everything. So that postage was already kind of voided out or whatever. And the last thing I want to do too, is like, sometimes they'll still mail it out. And if there's not sufficient postage, they'll actually charge the person who's receiving it, the extra postage sometimes. And that's happened to me before too, through my Patreon. So it's, it's, you know, some, you live and learn with that stuff. So I just had to be real careful. Like I may have been a few cents off or whatever, even though I ran it through their machine sometimes. And it, I don't know what happens in between there, but. Um, yeah. I've also heard like, you know, will you declare something it may be different how you're shipping international, but like mm -hmm. if you're declaring it as a game or a book, right. So if you say it's a game, it's it's going to get like zapped with tax. So that tax is going to get you. But if right. you say it's a book, yeah. then you're fine. Yeah, that's why I always say it's a book or a, or a magazine is what I always say because nobody knows what a zine is at the post office. <laughs> well, with, yeah, it's kind of funny, and it's funny, you know, because also the flip over a little bit, you know, doing the admin stuff for uh, RPG zines. I think one of your questions that you've listed for people and they're when they're wanting to join is like what's your favorite zine mm -hmm. and <laughs> some people just don't they don't know dragon dragon zine <laughs> right yeah yeah there's, there's a, quite a few to put dragon on there and i i don't have a problem <laughs> yeah, with that okay exactly. yeah. <laughs> i just just found that just kind of kind of cute really so so uh so the postage you got nailed down that's that's something i'm still <clears throat> working on but I, I think the thing is also uh, going through your blog post is you you, you basically have we'll say roughly twenty five percent of <clears throat> your uh, pledges is postage. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to do that this year, but I just I because I'm not real adept at uh, Kickstarter. It's only my second one, and I've heard you could do the postage on Backerkit, but I don't really know anything about Backerkit and. I'm not in the mood to learn anything new right now. Um, so I just I just decided I'll just go through here. I know that they're going to take their 10%, but I have enough leeway in the postage that it, you know, it'll be covered and I can still improve the way I ship it out to people this year. Yeah, so I think you know, for those of you who've not been through the the scourge of of running a Kickstarter, um, when you see that backing number it's easy to think wow that's a lot of money <laughs> but actually that uh, the chunk that's included in that number that is showing having funded is shipping yeah and yeah. also likewise you know if you are running a kickstarter um and you do your calculations without that being in there like you say i need 900 dollars, and you really need 900 dollars. And then you get $900 you fund, but you find out that, you know, $200 of that is shipping. Right. You didn't fund. I mean, you funded, but now you have an obligation. Right. Yeah. That, that you're going to lose money on. And uh, I don't know that that's always uh, very clear going into this. That's what's happening. Yeah. That's why I always like 
tell folks if they're going to do a Kickstarter, just talk to folks who've had, you know, had successful Kickstarters and, and uh, really talk to them. And, and cause I had uh, a friend of mine who started a Kickstarter, but he, he didn't consider the postage in there and he didn't consider the fees that would be taken out of not only your pledges, but out of the postage that you charge too. Yeah. And the way he did it, he's such a, a numbers guy. So he had it down to the things. But then when I told him that, it just blew up his whole, you know, accounting thing. And he had to go back. Luckily, he funded with plenty of room to spare. But if he hadn't taken that into account, it could could have caused him, um, uh, you know, some problems with funding and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, there's all these little things considerations to, to take into account that you just don't think you just see the big number and think that's it you know yeah and i think it's important to know you know you do there are some things that are, are definite costs that you have right going in but you know and those are those fixed costs that you've you know maybe paid for art right or whatever but you know you really need to take a good hard look in the mirror and saying you know what if, especially if you haven't gotten this thing most of the way done it's like you know this level that i'm funding at minus other situations including um people will um the other possibility is even once the kickstarter is funded um people's credit cards may not be good or they may right. have an old credit card and they may change their mind so right now i'm sitting about 70 I, i'm feeling fortunate so about $75, um, of, well, yeah, $75 of, of pledged money is actually not going to come my way at this moment. It could change. It's sitting in limbo right now. Yeah, I was looking at mine. I had I had uh, quite a handful, too, that were, the you know, and, and you recognize some of the names. You know, some of them are, you know, it's just a matter of. Um, yeah, their old card was not being used. Now they just need to update right, the card. Right, yeah, because I know that happened to me before where I had a card who just happened to flip the expiration date right around the same time and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah, my point is you better have a little cushion. If, if you're saying, you know what, I absolutely need this amount of money, just realize that even after funding, uh, more likely – well, you are not probably going to get the amount that it's stated there because it's going to be even reduced just because of there's going to be a percentage of people right. that are going to the cards not going to be current and they may just change their mind at that point well i only have two pending two pdf ones that's actually pretty good i think when they first did it it was around 30 people so now it's just down to two so yeah two five dollar ones which is yeah that's great I think my first one, when I did it last year, I think I only had one person that just uh, um, didn't fix the, didn't end up paying out of, because I had almost nearly 600 last year, and I think it was only one person that didn't pay. Well, but I think at your price point, it's, it's I, there could be a lot less buyer's remorse than somebody <laughs> shelling out $24, so. Yeah, but I, I mean, if you think international, it's still $15 for one zine. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's not, it's not, I don't consider that a small amount by any means, you know, because that's still a chunk of change. I mean, I mean, I know I live in poverty land in rural PA up here and $15 goes a long way up here, but right. I think that probably goes, you know, is, goes uh, for a lot of folks and everything. So, um, yeah. And then when you start adding all those $5 and $10, because like, you know, I, I, 
I was talking about on this RPG zine group and I was probably the low number and I had back like I'm up to 21 or 22 now that I've backed and you know some of these guys are just they're just nuts I they must have a they must have robbed a bank or something to yeah because there's a lot yeah it's it's it so so what was your criteria for we'll just kind of take a little divergence here what was your criteria for um how you would uh, decide to purchase uh, a zine this this year you know what I, I was thinking about that one of the things that was i was dead set on this year was uh make sure i got the print copies of stuff that changed when that <laughs> 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 changed after a while uh but you know the one of the things i got was really attracted to this year as i was really digging all these solo game rp zines you know these ones where you can sit down and do some journaling and gaming and there's one that was just kicking ass i forgot what it, the the lighthouse at the end of the world or the yeah edge of the, no edge of the universe or something yeah and i read it and as soon as i read it as soon as i read space whales i was good i was like i'm in i'm good <laughs> I, I need to have this and then i was kind of look and i just kind of liked that uh, lighthearted vibe yeah the process of it being sit down take some coins take some cards or whatever some dice and you're there kind of sitting at your desk because sometimes i I, just, I mean, I'm always writing, doing something, and sometimes it's just good to have like a little guide to go by and this fun little journaling game that you can do. And and so I think I joined a few of those this year. I did the 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 one that like I don't know that got like that bucket of bolts too. Yeah, I, I did. I did not do that one, but yes, where you you design your spaceship and then yeah, and that one I think that one like last year he did artifact and that was the top grossing zine and and this one this year his bucket of bolts I think even beat artifact from last year too. So, um, I think I just got that one though in uh, PDF form or whatever. I'm just looking for some old school guy, and, and I have to admit, I mean, I'm back my friends. You know, somebody put out something. I, you know, I definitely want to right. support them and and uh, you know encourage them and help them any way I can with that. So if it's buying or promoting them on the website or just throwing up a thing on on Facebook form or whatever, and uh, that had, that definitely was the second part of it. And then the third part of it is whatever I thought looked cool. You know, if it was. I mean, most of my stuff is fantasy based. Um, yours, there was, I think there was only a couple that I did that wasn't fantasy based. Like yours was more of a, uh, a toolkit. That was because I'm interested in toolkits too. I like, you know, I like toolkit right. based zines also. And yours was interesting, even though, you know, I knew you and everything like that, I was actually interested in the content you're putting out too. You know, I was like, oh, this sounds really cool. And I was not going to go in for the two one. I wanted all three because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted the whole 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 thing. Yeah. And that, and I thought your price point was, you know, really good for, for the, the amount of, you know, for three zines and everything. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. So I would say the, the solo ones caught my interest back in friends and just cool content. Yeah. So what would make what was your decision? Uh, making for a uh, process or what triggered to, to go print or um, PDF? Well, in the beginning, it was <laughs> money, <laughs> really. It wasn't, wasn't so much uh, 
a process is more of a a, a financial decision <laughs> at some point because I did and I think I think the first twenty I just did all print versions of everything, and then after I got past a certain point, then I started going to PDF and. Um, so you didn't go back and change print to PDF. You no, just said okay, I think passed. I didn't okay. change any of my pledges this year. No, that was one thing I wanted to make sure if I pledged to it, I wanted to to you know, just kind of stick to it because I had that, I don't know, I did, I, I really did want the print because I know last year when, when I got the PDF versions of some of the zines I got, I'm like, well, shit, I want the print version. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like, I, I, yeah, but it's just not the same. It's just, I, I don't know. I don't, it, it's, it's a tough, uh, I don't know. I, I I would love to be one of those guys who has all their PDFs and, you know, could be an electronic guy. So um, I don't have so much stuff, but I, nothing beats having it in my hands and reading it. I just, yeah, uh, I agree. So for me, um, I was looking for things that, that were more either, either toolkit or mm -hmm. things that, that I could just pull stuff out of. Sure. So like, um, but I may actually go play them, like the, uh, the Scrap Rats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First, I'm like, I don't, at 5e, I'm like, I don't really care. And then I listened to uh, an interview with uh, with Eric, uh, Eric Tankard. It's yeah. like, oh, you just you just uh, throttle down 5e. And it's like, oh, that might actually be kind of fun to play now, just like it is. Right, yeah. I but, know Eric is, was interviewing all those guys, and, you know, some of that – couple of his interviews did uh, influence me to go take another look at it and um, and uh, purchase you know purchase some of them in that yeah but a lot of them too I looked at is is if I could print them out and right. if I could just print them out my my own PDF um, mm -hmm. and I'd be happy with it. I, I just will look at it that way but but some of those people are putting, um, heavy graphics, right. white text. I'm like, if I'm going to want it, I'm, I, I should just get it printed. Um, right, because it's going to cost you that much in ink to print it out. <laughs> yeah, that paper's going to be all curled up. <laughs> it's going to be nasty. So that was a lot of my decision making. But it was, but even going back to you talking about the um, solo games. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a there's a friend of ours. Um, she, she was interested in playing role playing games my age our age mm -hmm. and her husband played DD like a long time ago my wife played a little bit decades and decades ago but she doesn't play it's it's but so i found there's a game called uh, uh bridlewood bay which is a the premise is um murder she wrote mm, okay with call of cthulhu sort of okay well i mean that makes sense yeah in a way yeah so you're old ladies. The thing is, you are old widows. <laughs> Everybody's an old widow. Okay. And anyway, so we 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 just did one. We just played this Sunday, and and she was like completely just blown away, excited. Oh, oh that's fantastic! Yeah. So my point is, this the the if you if you played uh, any of the Powered by the Apocalypse. Uh, I haven't. No, I have not. I've never been in a game. Yeah. So basically, yeah. it's you roll two d six. Mm -hmm. Six or lower is 
a failure and generally the, there's a move done against the player or the character mm-hmm. seven through nine is kind of a, a it's it's a partial success or success with some sort of complication and 10 through 12 is, is a is a success and the way they do is 12 plus is success so every move you do there may be some little variations but that's the mechanic throughout the whole thing right you might have a stat that modifies it by one or two points but that's the mechanic and i thought as much fun as she had it's like there are people that would enjoy playing role-playing games and they don't need to be necessarily um want to necessarily be bogged down by a bunch of rules that you know are no i because those kind of games to me are just like they're I don't know I, I don't mean this in a bad way but they're kind of like board games with but for your imagination you don't need a board for it but it's simple yeah. enough that you can just roll some dice and just talk about it and and you don't have to invest in you know two hundred dollars worth of gaming books to to play it right and somebody can once they once you play for a half an hour then they're they're completely on board to everything that needs to happen yeah yeah absolutely so, yeah so there were some games in there i think one was bounty hunters mm. which which i i thought i was just gonna rip the guts out of and just he's <laughs> whatever whatever was left over but i'm like you know this might be fun for tara and my wife and her husband you know what i mean and right. we got another friend that's gonna play it's like so i think i also started looking at and i didn't i didn't kickstart it but there's one that was a hall basically they didn't say hallmark but holiday a hallmark holiday movie rpg <laughs> okay you know, it's like, you know, that could be a lot of fun. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, there's a, like, you know, evening games with friends. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you guys can get, everyone gets silly and just to have, you know, and, and I think, you know, and I, so that's another category I didn't really consider going in, but I did, it did buy into uh, mm-hmm. as well. And I did buy, so early, before I, I did buy a, a PDF of Ben Lawrence's uh, through Old Tan's Door. Okay earlier this year and I printed it out but after I printed it out and he was selling copies I'm like okay I'll just that's why I went I went ahead and bought the whole uh caboodle because I didn't want I mean my I want to have you know this really nice looking set of of through old hands door and then I'm going to have this nasty one that I printed out so it's like <laughs> well that can be your table copy when you mark yeah, it up and, yeah. you know yeah you need, you need one of those nasty copies yeah yeah so uh so project followers, it says you had 284 at the end. Where's that at? Uh, oh, that's under best. I'm only, I'm, I don't think we'll ever get through all these. I think I'm only like. Um, oh, the project followers. Yeah, that was just like, you know, folks that had, yeah, uh, tagged to just kind of notice what was going on and everything. So that only occurs once you launch. That doesn't carry right. over from your previous. No, no, no. But the thing is, is like because I because I had the hunters and death last year, I was able to say you know do an update to all my folks from hunters and death and say hey guys, I got a new Kickstarter going on, here it is. If you want to come follow or join it or whatever, please come on. So I already had like a six you know in Kickstarter itself, six hundred people that had already backed me from previous year that I could uh, definitely draw upon. So you have your blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have your uh, podcast that's intermittent. Yeah. You have your, um, you also have Facebook. Yes. Um, did, did you use um, anything from uh, Drive-Thru RPG to reach people? 
I didn't. They don't let you do that through RPG. You know, I, I, I'm not allowed to do like external link because they tried to yeah. do that last No, year. they do. They allow you two links, but you have to promise to fulfill PDFs through them. Well, that and that's what I do. And then, yeah, you could have done it. Oh, I did okay. It. Yeah, because last year when I tried to do it, and I guess I didn't mention that in the thing, they kind of, they, they've always been really good. I mean, like if anybody I got it, because I've had an account on there almost since the beginning and they've always been pretty generous but they just said hey tim you know we're not really big on letting people do external links and da, 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 da. i'm like okay no problem yeah so what happens i got i did it and then i got an error message once i okay. sent it and then a few days later one of the customer reps said hey we will send it on your behalf if you do this so oh, see, yeah. I didn't get the that last year. They just said told me, you know. Yeah, well, they may have changed their stance on yeah, that. Okay. So, so that was what I did. I and it's interesting, you know, because we don't. I don't fully know what constitutes because uh, you know those the sales can kind of come in spikes. Is kind of what it seems like, but it, it does seem like. Um, everything you do, one does it does push it a little bit mm -hmm. yeah and pushing the how how do you mean well like for instance uh well i think the most obvious one is i was like really close to funding right i was like i was almost sick i don't i don't know why i knew i was gonna fund but right. it was just it was it just stopped right there short and i'm just like <laughs> do i just put do i just pay it just so i get over this i mean i just need to get over that funding even though it was like two days in i just need to get over that funding because it is making me crazy and i will not stop feeling crazy <laughs> and then i saw your blog spot and or post and you said hey two guys are trying to are close to funding mm -hmm. and uh and when you did that three people pledged and uh and one of them the one that <laughs> the one that carried me over because everybody before then lined this person up but the person that carried me over uh-huh joe the lawyer oh yeah and i'm thinking those three people i don't know if any of those people know me the only one i could recognize was joe the lawyer right but i'm like you know I can't say that, you know, any one person or any one thing or being part of Zine Quest or, or RPG Zines would have kept me from succeeding. But but you can see definitely how different things from different people, from mm -hmm. Eric to yourself to to just putting out um, emails to through RP drive through whatever. Mm -hmm. And you can definitely see how those things all just can bump it up a little bit Absolutely. here and there. Yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta um, kind of work for it and scramble for it. Like some of the some folks are, are gonna get their 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 you know followers just by just showing up. You know, like Phil is gonna get his pretty, <laughs> pretty easy. But I mean, he's pretty active yeah. on Kickstarter, so I mean, he he does his work in a different way. He might not promote it like maybe out on the internet is right, much, but he you know he supports just i think everybody on kickstarter at least in the rpg uh sector but uh yeah i mean me putting it on the rpg zine group putting it in, in tank or me doing a post sharing on reddit get two three 
backers from that one, backer from there, backer there, there, and you just kind of have to, you know, walk the streets and hand out your flyers, you know, and hopefully somebody will, you know, take some interest. And, and that could be that can be the hard part, you know, mm -hmm. for a lot of this. And uh, also, I want to mention Eric uh, from Tankars Tavern's been a huge. Huge support by uh, to me as well, but Absolutely. it just goes to show. I think, um, and also I was thinking about not only, you know, if you take like the RPG uh, zine community out, like I could have still done this. I could have still gone th through. I probably would have gotten the the funding. Probably wouldn't have been as high. But I just started thinking about how much really support there has been, and being part of a community. Yeah. That, that is, you know, that took a lot of pressure off. That was very encouraging. Um, and I think to try and do this on your own without a person doing without doing that can be can be very difficult. Oh, absolutely. And I and I, you know, there's a lot of people who were. I, it was fun, kind of fun watching the Zine group with the, some of the very first folks and they're nervous about hitting the launch button you know and they're getting nerves and the, well yeah because people going. said don't like especially when before you the pre-launch uh it was <laughs> i feel like i say like don't push this button i'm like is this the button because it looks like i'm supposed to push it <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah yeah i know it was, it was great because but it was and then all the comments down below everybody was encouraging them and you know rooting them on and and yeah i thought it was a really good uh you know I mean, this is so, you know, I started, I think I started the RPG zine group and I think it was in June of last year. And uh, we hit the thousand people in, I think the end of December and now we're up to I, over 1700 now. We're, we're probably gonna hit 2000 here fairly soon. But uh, just watching everybody, and so this is the first RPG or uh, zine quest that we've experienced. And, and uh, what I built the community for, or wanted it to, you know, happen, happened, which rarely happens. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know. So, I mean, I was really pleased with how everybody was sharing all their stuff, and it seemed like everybody was having a good time and helping other folks and asking questions and just, you know, just uh, it was good to see. It was really, really good to see, and I and I and I didn't want to be stringent on um, sharing links or stuff because I wanted you to be able to, you know, share your Kickstarters as much as possible without getting too spammy on the group. But and I think everybody did a was very respectable, and and um, uh, I don't know, they just they just uh, took advantage of the group without taking advantage of the group. Well, it's kind of a field of dreams sort of thing because you really didn't. I could be wrong, but I don't think you did much to like to to promote this community when you started it, did you? No, I really didn't promote it at all. I yeah. just kind of I, I, <laughs> I knew I had some guys I knew, you know, I knew some other zine makers and everything. So yeah, like, you probably thought, you know, I get a few people here and there, but you yeah. never you, you weren't like going on podcasts promoting this. You, you just sort of just just put up the, uh, you know, just put up the placard and. I think on one time and... on Reddit, I mentioned it on the OSR thing. I said, hey, guys, anybody who's, you know, like, you know, interested in zines, maybe you want to check out my RPG zine group. And all my comments below were like, oh, I'm not going to Facebook. Facebook sucks. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. I guess. So, I, you know, I'm like, all right, well, this isn't kind of like you were two years crap. ago. 
I was, I was listening to your podcast two years ago and you're like, what's going on with Facebook? It's the same post. I, I go back a, a day later. It's the same post up top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. God, yeah, it was it was aggravating. It's like because Matt Finch contacted me at one time um, about Facebook, and he was asking me if I I blocked him or something. I was like, no, why? He goes, well, I'm not getting any of your your posts and that. And he goes, I'm missing them. And I'm like, well, I'm not seeing any of yours either. I said, it's just the stupid algorithm that they have built. And they, I said, I keep on seeing the same damn post all the time from so-and-so, but I, I, I'm not getting any turnover in it. And, and I, and I didn't know how to change it either. Cause I don't know much about Facebook. So, um, so I would start going to individual folks that I was interested in just to, so I could see their feed. Yeah, so you just kind of you, you went through all this this frustration and all you end up doing is you just said, Oh, I'll start a group and <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I had that RPG zine group in um Google Plus too back in the day. Right. Reverend Zach and or Rev Zach and uh Dak, not Zach, Dak. And um yeah, he's I don't think he's on Facebook because I've been trying to get him to join and and that because he's he's just like you know cool hipster zener over in California somewhere. And he's actually the one who came up with the idea to actually start the group on Google plus. And, um, and because he, he liked my manner and I liked his, uh, he was the one who did uh, crawl for dungeon crawl classics. And so we just traded zines. Like if I made one, I sent it to him. If he made one, he, he sent it to me and that we just sort of had our little weird zine exchange and, that's something I want to do with our group here in the next month or so, maybe a little bit, you know, a little bit, give, give everybody a little time to recover from scene quest in February, but do a <laughs> zine exchange thing um, and just have people figured out. I'm not going to be the police officer though of it, you know, uh, if someone traded zines and the other one didn't get it or whatever, but maybe do some elect electronics exchanges or if you want to, you know, just kind of, be open to physical exchanges, but know that sometimes you're not going to get back anything because I did that twice so far in the group where people wanted to exchange zines and I sent them zines and I hadn't, I didn't get anything yet. Anybody. Yeah, I think. But I, it, it, if you go in knowing that, you just got to be cool with it. It's like, okay. No, I just wonder if there's another way. Of course, you, you say no on police, but it's, you could have, you could have everybody send. X, I don't know how you do it. You could say everybody send X amount. Well, it still could wind up weird. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because then you have to have like a central mailing person. Because yeah, it's not, it was. I can't remember one of the guys on ZineQuest suggested that. And I go, Tag, you're it. Then <laughs> it's like you get to do it if you want to. Yeah, I think the only way to really do this is to actually just have everybody meet in person. Yeah, that's yeah. difficult. Yeah, or even if it's just like I said, even if we just do PDFs or something like that. I mean, I'm I'm okay with what everybody wants to decide. I, I would just like to promote it for you know a week, maybe exchange some zines and put up zines that you're willing to mail out, and or zines that you're willing to exchange through PDFs, and and let everybody else kind of work out the details. Because I mean, you know. Because uh, I know I I would definitely be open to trading any of my stuff for to other people's zines and that and and uh, that's fun i like doing that stuff yeah i think i need to focus on 
doing some sort of chill zine. <laughs> just like, some chill zine? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, like, I'm not necessarily trying to, you know, do whatever that's part of my master plan. Oh, right. Like, yeah. Just, so, yeah. Well, so somebody who did this whole Elvis, this Elvis uh, oh, game. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I started thinking, it's like, you know, what would I, I and somebody else did something else, like, what would I do? I was like, I thought, well, maybe, maybe do, have you ever seen Burn Notice? No, I know the show that you're talking about, but I Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's like, well, what if I were to do an RPG, do a Burn Notice RPG or something okay. like that? Yeah. You know, but I don't know if I want to put the time in it, but it's like, you know, the, then you could do all the fun stuff of, you know, clipping art from the, from the TV series and mm -hmm. put it in there. And, oh, God, yeah, that and, would be fantastic. Yeah, and you wouldn't have to get necessarily get all, like, serious of, you know, of trying to make, like, like this scoundrels right now. It's just, it's, you know, it's just a lot of work. It's work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of freaking work. This year, I, I think I took a... I don't want to say an easier track, but a more a track that's a little easier for me um, because it's adventures. I'm not, I'm not like last year, I fit a hex crawl toolbox and adventures all in one zine in 36 pages. And that was a lot of work to kind of wedge everything in there. But this year I'm just doing adventures. Yeah. Doing, you know, they're, they're going to be kind of themed adventures. Some of them are going to go together. Some of them aren't. They're just going to be like individual things, but it's something I'm, you know, I, I can do pretty quickly and I have pretty um I have a lot of fun play testing them and stuff like that with with uh, unsuspecting victims who don't know who they're playing with that. I did that with Joe the lawyer not yeah. last weekend I had he, we were solo gaming and I and I snuck in one of the uh, crypts on him and he didn't know he was going through it until the end and that and he's like so yeah he's like and then of course he's the editor so yeah, he was gonna take out the trap that almost killed him because he didn't like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna so... edit that stuff out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So, so who's who's all on your team? Um, well, this year I have um, my the the main and only artist is Jason Schultes, and Jason is he lives actually. 20 minutes from me also. It's almost a Northwest Pennsylvania group right now because uh, Jason just lives up there and, and he helped me with my very first projects. Um, he helped me with uh, my very first manner doing art for the cover and everything. And then I had my starter adventures, which came out after the manner, but I actually started it before the manner, just sort of came out afterwards. And the a quick funny story about that is I, he got guilted into helping me because he, we went to a convention and he was supposed to GM a swords and wizardry game, but he didn't show up and I ended up playing in a fourth edition game. So he felt really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so he volunteered to do my artwork for me for that. And then I got Rob Conley, Mr. Matt maker himself uh, just came out with uh, got a bunch of his books here. He just had a complete, what is it? The majestic fantasy RPG. Um, he completed based off of his campaign and everything. And well, that's an, for those who are at home. Uh, the uh, the uh, that's a nice hardbound book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did hardback and uh, softback, and I, he actually sent me a comp copy, and I ordered actually two, so I got three copies of it now. So, 
but yeah, he did a great job with that. But he's he's a map maker by heart, and uh, he does them on the computer. And they just um, for uh, virtual tabletops, they just look better. My hand drawn ones, they're 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 workable, and they're you know sometimes I get a little artistic, but I just think on the virtual tabletops, his his maps translate a lot better. So I wanted him to do the maps this year. Plus, you know, it was just nice having Rob to work with again. Now we haven't worked on a project in a while, so I wanted to bring him into it. And uh, and then um, the two editors I have, I have Joe doing um, the first edits going through. And and um, so Joe and and your wife, they were did they also uh, assist on the first one as far as? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because I yeah. I remember Joe Joe did like all the initial edits and you know did some um, I I, can't, I forget what it's like copy editing or whatever I, I forget which one's which but then and then Ivy goes through with me and we go line by line by word by word and just make sure everything is because I can't tell you how many times I wrote and rewrote Hunters and Death because the way I work is I write like in pieces <clears throat> and then then I'll then I'll rework them a little bit and then I start especially with hunters and death I started intersecting stuff and having things relate to things but oh I see and, and um putting things in because in that in that case it was very important to, for it to weave out because the ultimate like I you know the big bad goal or big bad bosses were the the hunters and death the, the twins uh revenants and um this year though I don't have to I don't have to do that because each crypt kind of stands on its own. I might have some internet connection because I just can't help myself with that. Um, but uh, but for the most part, they, they can be a standalone adventure on their own. So like if you're if you're uh, out adventuring with your group and you just need a crypt, you can just open up to any page and boom, you get yourself uh, you know a couple hours adventure right there. Yeah, it's it's amazing, you know how much. You know, I, I'm assuming some people uh, are are better <laughs> writers than myself, but uh, you know, it's just the amount of time. Normally, what I do is I just barf out a bunch of stuff, and then yeah. I, I I keep hacking at it and hacking at it and hacking at it, yep. and then print it out. And it's like I think, oh, I'm pretty good. I I, I kept caught everything. I print it out, and I'm like, oh my goodness, and it's you know more editing, more hacking, yeah. and it's like. It's a lot of work. Writing is not an easy task. It's a lot of, and it gets exhausting because after you're done it, like you go by the fifth time, you're like, oh, I'm so sick of this. I don't want to look at it anymore. Now, a lot of people would, like Joe, when he started editing my stuff, I had to kind of get him to understand I've got this much space. I don't have a lot of, you know, I need you to cut back stuff, not add stuff. He was rewriting stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, Joe, I don't need a co-writer. I need you to edit stuff back. And like when you start adding all the elements in like tables and art and, uh, you know, stat blocks or whatever and making them all work together on a page and make it look good. You know, you, you, you're wearing, like you did that for Eric for, um, um, torchlight. And it's, it's not an easy task. Cause you, you gotta, you got, you got a finite amount of space that you've got to make everything look good, make sense and sound good. Yes. And I think the other thing too, it's, and I end up uh, subscribing to, it's called pro writing aid, which is kind of like Grammarly, but mm -hmm. you know, and I realized, okay, there's a bunch of crutch words and things I'm doing. It's just like, 
you know, it's, it's maybe okay, but when you're trying to put out a professional product, you're, you're not wanting it to look like, I mean, you want it to be professional. So, you know, right. I think, I think that's, you know, one of the, you know, going back to maybe the good thing about the Kickstarter is, you know, if I'm going to charge people $24, I better, you know, I, you know, I better make sure that, you know, that everything is as good as I can make it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and same thing with you. You got all these people expecting you to be putting the stuff out. You don't want to just be, you know, throwing stuff out with spelling mistakes and just confuse, confusing wording and, and so right. forth. You want to put that extra effort into it to make it as good as product as you possibly can. Because, I mean, I knew I wanted to do more Kickstarters and build on it because I, I do like it. And um, now that I've done it a few times, I want to, you know, there's, I've got other ideas for Kickstarters coming up and too, but uh, you want to put out your best product. Otherwise you don't come back too. you know, you're right. Out a, if you put out a shit product, they're less li likely to come back to you and, and see, <laughs> they don't want to pick up another crappy product from you. Well, and I think the thing is, so looking at what Ben's uh, Lawrence has done, and mm -hmm. I think what works for, could work for you because my brain's always kind of working on odds and ends. So he's offering uh, back issues. Right. So you could, since you're, especially the incentive, maybe more so uh, printing through Mixum rather than doing it yourself, mm -hmm. uh, you could overprint and then you could sell physical copies as add-ons at maybe a reduced cost mm -hmm. for your next Kickstarter. Have you thought about that? Um, I, I kind of, I mean, I've got so many back issues of, of stuff that I could offer because I get, you know, nine, nine manor zines because I've been thinking about doing a reissue of those, polishing them up and really make them better than what they were before. And then on my, my, on my Patreon, I've got over probably about 150 different things that, you know, could offer. But I'm for this one. Let me see here. What do I got? Uh, I think I have print pledges. I have 287 people that uh, want zines. Um, I'm probably going to see what the costs are, but I'm probably going to publish or print probably around 400, I think, um, for precisely what you kind of said, but also um, after the, the Kickstarter too, I think last year I sold close to I think I sold almost another hundred zines after the, the uh, Kickstarter was done also. What do you mean you sold them after the Kickstarter was done? Yeah, they're, they're for sale on my website, the hundreds. Oh, of right. So they can just grab a copy and everything. I, I can't remember how many it was. It might, it might not, it's probably short of a hundred, but it's, it's close to it or whatever. So, I mean, I definitely got a lot of interest afterwards on top of it too. Yeah. And I, and I do expect, um, I do expect to um, sell through drive through whatever mm -hmm. uh, some, but I do not expect it to. I don't expect the levels to be the same. And what no. I'm probably going to do is I've, I've, I've also uh, mentioned on my uh, update was, sorry, my phone's about ready to die, but uh, was, um, I think I'm going to put all three of them into a perfect bound format and allow people oh, to I gotcha. And then what they can do is they can have it. Well, one is if you if you backed it, if you've already backed at the higher level, you still have something that works on your on a tablet. 
Uh, I think my phone's going to do bad things. Oh. I think my phone is out. <laughs> Can you hear it pulsing? Yeah, I do hear it pulsing. Yeah. <laughs> That's me trying to charge it. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. yeah. In fact, one of the connectors had like a burn mark on it. And, uh, I don't oh, know. no. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. So, but anyway, I'm, the. Uh, I'm going to so, tell you, since like just give you an idea of like PDFs that I've sold for Hunters and Death on there since I re released it last year. Let's see here. It hasn't been that many. It's, it's, uh, let's see. It's been a total of. Uh, oh, no, I don't see it here. I clicked the wrong sales button. Oh, title ammo. That's what I need. Title ammo analysis there. But uh, uh, I've sold 44 non-free units PDF since I released it on there. So not a, not a ton at all. Haven't even meddled yet. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's just it with those. Uh, I think you've get enough of them out there eventually. They all kind of aggregate together, but it's... Yeah the but in general so when i look at pdf so the to me what's interesting about the metals on uh drive through because i believe it's uh coppers at 50 yeah. silvers at 100. it's interesting if you look at even big publishers like um might say big yeah like like say uh, monty cook mm -hmm. some of their stuff hasn't meddled it's yeah, like, yeah it's, absolutely. Like, it's like so their money's coming off a of kickstarter his money's not coming through drive through i think they i think in aggregate they probably do very decent through drive-through, right? But they're not—they're not making a living off drive-through. No, no. And then, and then when they combined the two, also when the drive-through RPG went in there, it kind of really um, hurt someone like me because the the you know the the smaller publishers had a little bit more light shined on them on RPG right. drive-through than they do on the other one it just kind of it, 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 it evaporates from your consciousness very quickly on that one yeah so i think uh and i don't it, it'll be interesting to see but i think the thing is what's good about you and you know ben is and like with the same thing with with um phil reed is you you definitely have um established an audience and you know, I'd say follow. It may be following is a little strong, but you know that that definitely helps. Where um, <clears throat> you consistently put out this, I won't say the same kind. Phil's kind of he, he changes up a little bit, but mm -hmm. but I mean I think that definitely helps. I one thing that kind of concerns me is I'm kind of all of the board with what I want to do. It's like I just like like why couldn't I be the traveler guy or could why couldn't I be the right you know the dungeon crawl classics guy? It's like I I think about that sometimes too. If I would hitch my wagon to it, because for the longest time I never really did that with any type of because I would see all these uh um DCC guys 
make killings with their zines and then they have good games promoting their zines and all that stuff and here's me sitting in my corner like waving like i got one too i got one too but it's not dcc so you know i didn't and the last couple times this is the first time i've really done that with old school essentials but you know not promoted as an official zine or anything just use their use their um rule set and uh because that's what i use in my games i use a you know home ruled version of it but uh um, still close enough it's easy to to switch over whatever so right and it's just uh yeah it, it it's just it's kind of strange because i mean they're so similar but yet there's just enough division or division not the right word but there's, there's definitely um enough differences mm-hmm and which is understandable, but it's just uh, so anyway. My my thinking is it's like if I want to do this long term, you know, you know, <laughs> the idea of okay, I'll put out a a a a criminal toolkit now, but next time I'm going to do a a um, kind of like a creepy the creepy magazine, yeah, and, but do it with a D and D style, but with with flies and and maggots and such and it's going to be a theme about right. flies and then the next time it's going to be a post-apocalyptic game and then it's like you know it's just it i think it it, it would probably pay off more for myself just to like at least be <laughs> be a line that you know you could consistently follow but i don't i can't well, diego I can't. does that i mean diego's like i mean he makes he's you know what his last his Kickstarter had? What was it? Uh, sci-fi, cyberpunk, and uh, zombie apocalypse. And yeah. and he he's always all over the place. It's you know he, he but he do, always does amazing work. And I think he's known more from less of a genre than he is just putting out kick-ass products. So maybe you just yeah puts out kick-ass products. <laughs> well, what the difference is besides uh diogo just being such a being diogo which is uh amazing right he's a uh, freaking machine yeah he makes me sick yeah he because he's one of those guys that just can you know he he can he writes he can make rule sets he can make adventures and then he can freaking draw amazing stuff on top of it yeah and yeah. so but he also i think what ties it together is all i think pretty much everything he does is um kind of based off of well, I don't say all, but a, a lot of it's based off of um, uh, OSR mechanics. Yeah, and I think that this the beauty of that is, even though he may change up the mechanics from game to game, I think that people can buy his different games and understand where they're going with them. Like his zines that he just put out, they're a two D six game, you know, two D six plus, you know, some bonus and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's well, that's Traveler. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. Is it's it's he switches it up even system wise too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no, no doubt about that. And but I, you're right. He does, and I and I think what he does too is he, uh, which I don't, I don't know anything yet, but I have um, just to know he does have on uh, I think humble bundle, a ton of his stuff is on. Oh yeah, I did now. see that. Had sinister swordsman. So I always mix up the his <laughs> spells or something like that. I'm bad with names. I get I get blocks in my head with that sometimes. Yeah, and his his urban fantasy one isn't on there too. I right. the name of it. 
Yeah. And but I so, think the biggest thing is Jeff too, if you're planning on doing this RPG thing is, is cause I've been doing it for now I've been doing it 11 years kind of, you know, but like my, when my first zine came out, it came out and I, I, I got amazed by how much backing there was. I mean, I got uh, a lot of praise and help and, you know, and it, because it was new, it was a new thing, you know? So everybody was like, Oh, let's check out this. And then the second one I put out, Everybody's interested, sold a little less, wasn't exciting. And when the third one came out, it kind of bottomed out. It seem, didn't seem like there was that much interest in it, but I didn't stop because of that. And then when I put out my fourth one, it still was a little, eh. and then when I put my fifth one, all of a sudden interest came up again. And then they were buying my back issues, you know, and, the, and it's, you know, you get those tail sales. Every time you put out something new, people like, go out and buy the old stuff. I remember that in the eighties, I'd find a band I liked on cassette or whatever like that. Right. And then find out they had two earlier albums. And then I'd go buy their two albums because I liked their current one, you know, and that's kind of how it works. And then eventually you, you build that, you get people who are following and kind of, you know, anytime you put something out there, they'll, they'll wave the flag for you and help you spread the word and, and whatnot it's just a matter of being consistent or you're just going to be one of those guys who just like you know like ben knocks it out of the park from the beginning well the thing is is his it, so i mean to be fair i mean what he's doing is a campaign world or i don't say world world's mm -hmm. uh, universe that he's been developing in his mind and actually been um utilizing campaigns for a long 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 right. long time so but still it's a unified vision right yep. it's just like that is astounding yeah and that's that's what i'm interested <laughs> in seeing because i haven't seen it yet and like he was his zine was probably if not the most mentioned when i asked like what's your favorite zine altan's door was either number one or number two that was always mentioned you know and uh, and and, it, and I've known Ben, and it's it's weird. I don't know why I never went out and got it, or I would just miss it, or something. I don't know because, but I was glad when he did this Kickstarter that I was able to get all the all the issues from him. Yeah, my my one regret is I don't know if he's actually doing the doing mixum re, uh, reprints. I okay. know he had some inventory. That mm -hmm. he just stopped selling because he just got tired of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. I, I'm tired of just milling out he won here, one there. So I really I think the mixum will be good, but I, I'd really like to get the copies that that he um originally printed. Just originally because printed. the paper he chose. Mm. I mean he 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 chose the paper, he got the printer to print those, you know, on that paper. I mean, if this was Yeah, because it's from that, what is it? tea company from where he lives or whatever it is it's some weird paper company that china i can't remember the name of it now yeah yeah because i the funny thing is i know exactly when he mentioned it, i'm like oh yeah. french press french. yeah that's what it is yeah i don't know where i got tea from but <laughs> <laughs> that went to china so that's just very, very derivative <laughs> yeah <laughs> But yeah, I was real. I'm yeah, I'm definitely interested in what what he has, and I and I understand that. I mean, I've got ones that I sell one here, one there, and everything. But I go to the post office so much that it's not a burden for me. I just drop it off, and it's real real easy for me. Yeah, the other thing is interesting. I was going to bring up was somebody was um, complaining uh, on Twitter. <laughs> 
Okay. And uh, I don't, not going to name names, but uh, right. I, I, heard, I didn't realize that people complain on Twitter. <laughs> are you on Twitter at all? I am. I'm just, I, I don't do a oh, lot. Oh, that's of, right. You are. I see your updates. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't do a lot of stuff because I, truthfully, I don't understand Twitter. I don't understand because like when I'm reading the feeds and then like somebody shares something I do, but I don't know where that went. And I don't know. Sometimes I can't even figure out how people commented on stuff. I'm bad. I, my my Twitter foo is like very low grade. So I, I go in there and post my stuff and usually kind of bail. Yeah, my problem with Twitter is, well, my problem with Twitter, but I, I don't, I'm not a person that just talks about my, well, I won't say about myself, but I'm not, not the person that just wants to post my thoughts throughout the day. No. No, nobody wants to hear my thoughts. Throughout the day. So I, don't, I don't want to hear them. I don't know why anybody else would want to hear them at the time. But yeah. So, but anyway, this guy, and I think fairly so. And, and, and uh, well, I'll say fairly, but uh, so, so the one ring RPG uh, mm -hmm. free league, who is turning into be a juggernaut as far as producing uh, quality oh, RPGs. Yeah. So they put the Kickstarter on. Um, so they went to Kickstarter. And so a person responded that, you know, like just basically how it's sensitive for a company that's going to make their money no matter what, that, that A, they, they, they do it um, on Kickstarter at the detriment of everybody else, but secondly, to also do it during ZingQuest. Right. You know, but I'm thinking like, does Free League even knows about Zinquest? Did anybody say when do they plot their campaign? This is probably nine months ago, ten months right. ago. They said, you know what? We better check our calendar for Zinquest because it's coming up sometime. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm sure that was on the radar. Yeah. yeah. You're like, no. This is we're a project paying. they've probably been working on for like a year or more or two or something like that. And yeah, and they're and they're also, you know, they're paying. Uh, a tremendous amount of money, I'm sure, for licensing. So, you know, you yeah. maybe you, you write a million dollar check and you're like, okay, I got to make that million dollars back before I start making money. So, right. you know, so the guy was lamenting. And uh, so so Fred Hicks from, from Evil Hat, who um, has done, so basically Evil Hat started as um, basically like a part-time business that turned into a full-time business. And that really expanded and exploded, but then it kind of contracted. And uh, so they've had some growing pains. They said something, but one thing uh, they've done um, successfully and understand that's Kickstarter. So he he was going through um, this whole thing, but his, his thought was that really um, those big Kickstarters actually bring people to the website gotcha. and then they'll see other projects right and um and i think the uh, other thing is oh go ahead i was just gonna say i mean i understand this thing you know you always hear that the the tide rises all boats and stuff like that but sometimes you have a freaking tidal wave that'll wipe out all the other boats too yes but i yeah I'm never one of those ones. I think you just, I, I'm, I'm, I've always been a advocate for the philosophy of just 
um, worrying about your own shit. Don't worry about somebody else's. You got to you got to take care of your business. Yes. And then compare it as you know you can't control what somebody else is going to do. <laughs> you can't control what the eight hundred. No, so like doing. kind of worrying about it. That means that's energy you're not putting into the, your stuff that you should be doing. Yeah, and I think the other problem. I kind of had after reading his and then later on I was kind of thinking about it and reading what Fred had. It's like uh, the person who's complaining, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. And I assume he's got a Kickstarter uh, for ZineQuest. Otherwise mm-hmm. I wouldn't think he would or know somebody. But the, so, but I don't know that he's complaining because he's seen dire results. Right. It almost felt like he was complaining before something even happened. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think, I mean, like we were talking about earlier a little bit about how many of the number of zines out there. I mean, there's, there's been massive amounts of money thrown at zine quests this year. Um, I don't know how anybody can complain about it. And if, if somebody's doing maybe less than they did last year or something, it could be because, you know, I know there's other zines there that I would like to back, but you know, I'm kind of tapped out. I need to pay my electric bill next month and, you know, need to, you know, for some considerations like that. And uh, yeah, I think that probably has more to do with it than anything this year for me is just the amount of cool stuff people are putting out. Well, and I think that, you know, that being said that I think, you know, it, It'd be one thing to complain, I think, afterwards, because right. you don't know. And it's, and I think the thought is that you, and I think to some degree that it is kind of a zero. It's not really a zero. It's there, there's still a certain amount of a zero sum game to this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But I think as we we've all experienced, um, let's see if I can find that post. But uh, this has been a huge year for. This is probably the biggest year for for. Um, zine quest yeah and i can't see where i posted but anyway the idea is that there are i think a huge percentage of them funded yeah i mean all the ones i backed have funded i don't i last year there was two that didn't fund but this year i think everything is funded and then something i think there's maybe one that hasn't funded yet but they still have like they're a short ways away and they, you know, got plenty of time to get funded. So. Yeah. And I also, I think as we mentioned, you know, when we were talking before, um, the price points on these are higher than yeah. they probably were before. Yeah. Um, Cause somebody went through that. I posted and he, he put the, the mean. Um, oh, did he? Oh, that's high and low. It's like, you know, it's. It, so I don't know that, you know, and this is my first Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, and, you know, the, the people don't, I mean, there's some people that know who I am, but I mean, I, nobody knows who I am, you know, it's like, and, and I'm looking at a lot of these others that are like funding very well. Right. And I'm looking at these games. I'm like, it isn't, it's not from a jealous point, but I'm looking like, these guys are doing very well and i'm not sure exactly why they are it's not tied to any like a d because i very little like just D D stuff i was surprised mm-hmm. and it's just like quirky things and they're doing very well and i find that very fascinating that you know there's people putting uh, a lot of uh, thought and energy and love into things mm-hmm. and people are very receptive to that absolutely yeah 
And I don't know that, that anybody, you know, of course, we don't know. We'd have to have two realities. But I don't know that I would think that the one ring, I don't know anybody would say, man, there was a, this is a bad year. It actually wasn't. Right. No. I mean, I'm just looking, like, you You bring up that example, and I'll use Bucket of Bolts as probably the highest funded Zine Quest thing this year. Um, it made 72,741 pounds. I don't know what that is in American dollars, but probably close to over 100 grand or close to it or something like that. And it's just basically about writing about, you know, a spaceship that you own. It's not really, a, it's not a game. It's almost like a journaling exercise where you just kind of talk about the, um, you know, the history of your ship. But because anybody had so much success with his artifact last year, writing about a weapon. Yeah. But it's something I think everybody can relate to, to any game. You, do, you know, it's not, it's not uh, system-based. It's, you know. It's, you know, for this one it's all fan or uh, sci-fi so it could be for firefly game or traveler or um you know any of them it doesn't matter and it kind of goes across the board and like for me i got into it i'm not much into that sci-fi game but i love little things to do writing exercises like this i just it's kind of relaxing and kind of fun to do just to kind of come up with a story and pro but you know it's writing prompts i mean that's basically what it comes down to but he presents it well, and um, you know he, he he does a fantastic job, I guess, with it. Is uh, this will be the uh, I didn't get into Artifact last year, but I definitely want to get in this year just for the heck of it, just to try it out for myself and everything. So um, yeah, you never know what's going to be successful and what's not, because I would have never guessed. Because um, I know I'm the worst guesser in the world when it comes to what will be successful and won't won't be. Because there's some things I'm like, how in the hell is that ever going to fund? I mean, it's just like eh, I don't see it. And then they'll like, you know, you know, get six digits funded. Right. We didn't even see that coming. It's like wow, you know. So, and because I would have never assumed this one would do that well either. Just if I just had a blank slate looking at it and everything. But no, I mean, this guy, I forgot what his name is now, um, Jack Harrison, he, he's done at least the last two years that I've, I've seen him. Um, he's done amazingly well on Kickstarter. So good for him. I mean, he's the, he's the kind of guy I look at too. And hopefully one of these days I accidentally do well like that too. <laughs> right. You know, I, uh, so um but uh, even if I don't, I, I, you know, even if I still kind of just get like the 400, 500, 300 or whatever, folks, as long as I'm having fun doing it, I'm going to keep doing it. Well, you know, I looked at like Ben, you know, it was, mm -hmm. I could tell he's going to hit 50,000. He did hit 50,000, but it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. there's a certain point I, I need to interview him because I would like to know is like, this, this is, this is the scenario I see. I see. I see things going to a certain point. He's like, okay, okay. And then it explodes to a certain point. It's like, I got to fulfill all those. Yeah. You, you start getting, yeah, you're getting nervous. Yeah. <laughs> this keeps going. And I wonder, is like, does sweat start pouring down his face? Does his wife say not here? You're not, I mean, you know, cause I, I don't know the size of his home, but I mean, he lives right. in Chicago. I'm sure as, as, as he talked before with family and there's not a lot of room to be holding boxes and boxes no. and stuff. So at, at fifty thousand, I'm sure he has to uh, have a, a another party fulfill that. I mean, there's no other way. I can't imagine. Yeah, I mean, if you're getting fifty thousand, I think you're probably 
could look into that anyways if you didn't originally think of it because i know because <laughs> i know last year when i was doing mine i was printing them from home that was my big thing i wanted to make the zine i wanted to keep it homemade and da 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 and then when i started getting above three four hundred i'm like oh boy <laughs> yeah i was like that's gonna that's gonna put a lot of um strain on because I, I almost ended up buying a second printer so i could have two going at the same time and everything or if one broke down god forbid and uh i'd have a backup or whatever but uh you know that's why this year i decided not to because that was probably the most stressful part of it it was just uh just being able to produce because i wanted it to look good too and then like when the ink started running out you start getting lines i couldn't use those copies and i probably threw away almost as many copies as i shipped out oh. for through mistakes and and um printer errors and then the the program itself just dropping off random things yeah there it was a there was quite the graveyard of zines over here at one time yeah and i think you know and and there is you know because i've kind of been going through costs and and different things but um that portion of fulfillment i mean that is time yeah absolutely and i don't know how much time it's going to take me uh, but it's just like but you know you think about that it's like okay you know your time's worth something i mean that's mm -hmm. those are all factors you need to kind of put into this oh absolutely i mean i mean the nice thing is is i had ivy helping me with this last year and she did a 99% of the printing and she helped me, you know, put them together and organize like the mailing list. And, and so we just kind of just set it up, organized, like here are the zines ready to go out, here are the envelopes, here are the addresses. And we just kind of did a little factory thing and we pumped out like 400 zines, you know, through like a week or two and through the printing and mailing out process and just kind of broke it down into manageable goals for the day or whatever and and just kept on doing that way but see what, what's interesting about ben and i think this is where it, it becomes much more complicated because he's got different levels well so yeah some people, exactly <laughs> guess, like, oh well, and he has a, and, and he does he's got a lot more than i ever had too so you got, yeah like you got the different levels with different people wanting stuff and then you've got you know i don't know how many thousands of zines he's gonna have to you know print out or whatever on top of that that because that's that's what i worry about doing multiple zines like you did and some of the other ones like don stroud did one where you could buy um i can't he had three different ones and i wanted the supernatural one that was the one i was interested in so i just kind of went in for that one not the other two so being able to work out the details of how many to print because you know you want to have a high number to print so that your costs are a little bit cheaper right and, and um, I, I got to imagine it's almost like ordering T-shirts sometimes. You got to have the right sizes to fit the right people. And you don't want to order too many of one and not enough of the other, you know, um, but still have enough. And I, I think it that, that would complicate it too much for me to make my head hurt. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's what I w went through was, so if you have a PDF level, you know, a medium level, like I had the, the, the PDF, the 16 and the the 24 mm -hmm. and then it, it was able to put a spreadsheet that helped me out but it but the thing is is you have to do a worst case scenario like but what if everybody orders pdfs but only five people order books what does that do <laughs> right 
it's yeah. like my, yeah. yeah it's like uh and but, that, i mean i think you know after a while though you'll find that there there is sort of a pattern because there's a lot of stuff that matched last year you know in the numbers and percentages and even the pledges i mean it was it was almost predictable in some ways um i mean there's no accounting for like like if you got say you had you know the guys on critical role mention your product and all of a sudden you get like a flood of those right coming in or you know something like that but on a on a non you know on a regular day it, it was fairly you know you, you could kind of count on this many pdfs percentage compared to that and and then um for the prints and then um just the number of people that would come in because i knew this year i wasn't going to do as well because uh, last year I was really fortunate with uh, having um, being featured, you know. So when you did Zine Quest, I was one of the what they called like uh, projects we love or something in there. I was in one of those, and then when they sent out emails, I was one of the featured Kickstarters. So that I mean just helped tremendously. This year I didn't have any of that, you know, and it was it was an interesting thing to kind of. I found I think I found that this was probably more of a realistic Kickstarter for me if I did it again. You know, where the other time I kind of had other things, you know, Phil Reed last year backed me right in the beginning and he brought over a lot of folks too. Right. So with those different things, those those helped like a tremendous amount. I didn't have those this year, but I still felt pretty good about where I ended at. You know, it wasn't as good as last year, but I'm pretty happy and very happy actually with where, you know, where it ended up. Yeah, because looking at the, uh, I found the, the link um for the uh the article that is on <clears throat> it's boneboxchant.wordpress.com oh, yeah 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 the, yeah, the pandatheist a lot of work yeah. <laughs> yeah so he's saying <clears throat> as of when this was put out that there was 296 zines at the time okay 243 of them funded so 82 percent of them funded huh i wonder if the other ones didn't fund yet because of time-wise or they actually just didn't fund I yeah i don't know i think we'll know more once it's all all yeah. said and done but um but um zines so the zines with more than so total spent was at the time was one million dollars wow one million dollars went into rpg zines okay <laughs> and that was what the first week or two uh yeah that was this January 21st is when he put this. No. January 21st. <laughs> no, I can't be right. It's what the date says, but that can't be right. Right. Yeah. Maybe he's updating as he goes. I don't know. Oh, could be. Yeah, so it says that. So he says that of that million dollars, 204 of the zines have more than $1,000. Mm -hmm. 130 had more than $2,000. 49 had more than $5,000 and 22 generated more than $10,000. Yeah. So that's just absolutely. So Bucket of Bolts is, as far as bank backers go, number one. Yeah. Vast in the Dark's number two. The Drain's number three. Well, and... the Drain, I have to, because that one, I mean, that one was like Kickstarter <laughs> pimped the hell out of the Drain, because every time I go on there, that's all I saw is the Drain, the Drain, the Drain, the Drain, at least on my feed that's all i kept seeing so i know 
every time it was like first one and, and whatnot. So they got a lot of uh, help from Kickstarter with that one too. The lighthouse is number four. Oh, a thousand I love backers. the lighthouses went that I, cause I never expected that one to do. And it's like, whatever, uh, hundred thousand Australian dollars. I don't know what that equates to, but yeah, I was, I was so glad that I can't remember her name. I think it's Ellie. I was, I was going to send her a note and just congratulate her on just running a fantastic, uh, Kickstarter. I'm looking forward to her zine. But just as far as money goes, uh, Ben is number two through Old Town's door. Yeah, that's why I bucket, bucket, bucket of bolts is number one. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's been been absolutely. It, it's astounding the number of you know. Yeah, because I think that eighteen percent might be kind of low. Because it seems like everybody I'm, when I look through there, I see a lot of funded. Yeah, the only unless they're a group that I just aren't seeing but boy i tell you what everything i've seen is not only funded but you know kind of comfortably over their funding level that i've and i kind of was going on deep dives looking for some things because sometimes zine quest uh kickstarter doesn't populate zine con, uh, people that are contributing to zine quest all that well so sometimes you have to go dig deep a little bit and kind of hunt around for them and i was hunting around a little bit the other day and and pretty much everything I saw was, I mean, there was a few, but, you know, they still had days left or a week left or something like that. So you never know. Now, uh, Jeff, like on the end of your Kickstarter, did you see a nice little bump at the end? Like a lot of people grabbing at the end there? Yeah, um, I did. The The first days, the huge surge, mm -hmm. which right. absolutely uh, floored me. Yeah. Yeah, it catches you by surprise. You're thinking nobody's going to push that pledge button and everything. And then you sit there and you're watching your screen and you're watching that little number go. Broop, broop, broop. <laughs> yeah, I think what I'm going to do is what they show is a cumulative. I never say that word right. Cumulative, cumulative mm -hmm. um, funding. But I'd like, I'm, I think I'm going to go back and look at day to day how many backers I had each day. Yeah, I, see, I have a. Let's see if I have it. I read mine down. I mean, the Kickstarter has their own, but I do it my own way. And I have a little tally that I do every day. I keep a, how much pledges I get that day and then the difference between the day before, how many backers, difference the day before, followers, converts, and then the, the, uh, the percentage, which this year I ended up with a 38 um, conversion rate, which is pretty good. It kind of averages around 25%. So I got up over. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably. I think mine might. I can't remember what mine was. My conversion. I know it wasn't as good as yours, but but again, you you also have. Um. I mean, you have people that that you know uh, already know who you are, and they all, and they know what they're getting, and they're excited to see you know a new. Uh, well, it was around nineteen percent for the longest time. It didn't. It was funny because it didn't jump up to the high the percentage point until the last few days so what did you say your conversions at mine ended at 38 percent. oh i got 31 percent, so that's Excellent. not too bad oh that's really good then yeah yep, yep. yeah because i was down below 20 for the longest time and then it was like the last two three days and that's when it really those people were falling you know jumped in and everything so yeah i so so next year, would you do anything different? Um, well, on the back end, yeah, because this year I kind of wrote about it. Like 
I had an idea that I was going to do this one. I was I was going to do this hireling one. I want to do this cool, fun hireling one. But then when I looked at my manuscript, I didn't realize how large it was. It was already like almost 50 pages on full size pages, not zine, you know, the half pages. And then that was didn't have any tables in there, didn't have any artwork in there. So I'm guessing and I still haven't finished the writing. So I'm going to guess that things going to end up being like, I don't know, close to 150 pages. And well, I can't do a 150 page zine. No, but you do four zines. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but see, that complicates things. <laughs> I am not into complicated. Oh, gosh, no, no. No, I tell you, I think because what I would do differently is the only thing I would do differently is either out of or PDF or if you do, I'm not going to do mobiles next time, but I would just that would be the two options either full PDF or all of them. Sure. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's why I have three pledges. I got one where you can do a buck for some coffee for me, five dollars for the PDF, or ten dollars for print. Boom. But you do the same thing with your with your uh, with your hirelings. <laughs> well, the thing with the hirelings is I'm actually going to go. It's not going to be a Zine Quest one. I'm actually going to probably do a, um, probably going to do a full book with that one. And I'm going to add in. I'm going to be adding a lot more tables in there, and I'm going to get some good killer art for some folks and it's going to be its own little thing but next year i'm hoping to have that my idea solidified much more quicker than i did before because i put in so much energy with uh work it drained my brain power my creativity there for a while and it was very difficult to um come up with anything and um sometimes my best creative ideas are the ones I've had in the past. So I kind of just kind of look at what I used to, what I did in the past and how I can build on that. And that's what I did. So I don't have to reinvent the wheel, but I can put new rims on them. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, cause that adventure that I'm right, like um, the mini crypts of Lady Ingrid started off as a um, micro adventure for my Patreon. And so now, and I always like the concept of it, you know, the concept of this lady just uh, um, who had seen all the adventures going through and pillaging and grave robbing and, and just violating these different places. And she just didn't want that to happen to herself. So it became an obsession with her. And now it gave me the idea of just building all these little, what I call little mini tombs of horror kind of scattered about to lure adventures in and, uh, and kill them. <laughs> a preemptive strike. Yes, basically. Yeah. So if you want to, if you want to plunder me, I'm going to take you out before you, before you get to me or something like that. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So far I've had a lot of fun writing them in that and, and, uh, um, making a lot of good progress and the maps that are coming across are really good too. The jobs have been making. Yeah, it helps having a team. <laughs> it's yeah, it does. It does. And then one of the things I do, we were kind of talking about cost too, is just to be with the team is I, I, I give them like some money up front. I'm like, here's a down payment or not a down payment. Here's, here's like, I guess your signing bonus kind of thing. Here's some money. And then I, I always give them a percentage of what I make. So was, the better I do, the more I pay them. Yeah. So, cause this is a thing I've thought about because ultimately what I'd like to do is pay people to write. But 
the thing is, is like the reward, uh, the reward tiers or not the reward. What do you call it? When you make so much money, you unlock this and you get so much money, you unlock right. that. <clears throat> what I thought about doing, and the problem is with those is depending if you're doing like PDFs versus print, mm -hmm. your ratio can throw that off. Yeah. But I thought if there's a way of locking, I had some thoughts about locking that in. Like maybe just you don't offer PDF. It's just strictly print plus PDF and that's it. Yeah, and then some of the some of the um, stretch goals aren't based off of money; they're based off of backers or certain right. You but know, other I, goals. So you could base it off of that too. But what I thought about doing is, instead of those different uh, levels, the reward is money going to the like the writer. Mm -hmm. So like, okay, I negotiate somebody saying, "Say, will you do it for for three cents a word?" And they're like, "Yes, okay." But then you could say, "Okay, after so much dollars." then their uh then their word rate goes up a penny mm -hmm. yeah i think didn't ben ben did that this year ben you know with his altans door or something like that he he had to if he hit that stretch goal he was able to pay his guys more than that well that i didn't realize that what's so that? i didn't realize that. i didn't i didn't read that far i just i just yeah. I just went right over my phone went over to the, all the options i just funded and just said okay that's it yeah, you just go to the one where it says you know take all my money and push the button. Yeah. <laughs> so but anyway and i've heard people say that a lot of times that's what people like to see where their money's going so if you could structure it in a certain way you could say okay if i get you know fifteen hundred dollars then i buy um i i buy a hundred dollars worth of art from an artist and then you mm -hmm. go the next whatever level and you say okay the, the writing's going to go up and that way you can kind of people can you don't necessarily have to um always be providing something new but people can see that where what they're funding is not just a person to kickstart but you're actually helping a writer or helping an artist right yeah and then i and i I know, I guess I never say that outwardly because usually I try to, I, I, you know, let the guy, and if they want to talk about it, they can, but I, you know, this is, this is what I can, here's the project. Here's what I'm able to offer you, you know, are you able to do it, you know, and just see what they're, they're but most of the folks I've had have always been, I've worked with and they, they've always been super agreeable and like Joe, it's hard. Joe doesn't want to take any money. He's a pain in the ass. You know, he does all this yeah. editing. I mean, editing is one of the toughest jobs to do and everything and it's hard to get him to take money in that because he just likes doing it and he wants to so i i just basically i i go and then i buy him books that i know he wants that he can't like last year his payment was the uh do you remember those um magic spell books from dnd there's the second edition and they're all like you know i never did do dnd second edition well, i didn't i didn't either but they were just like these little spell books and they were like uh, there was four of them before, and then they had three for the cleric spells four for the magic user well he wanted them well i had a set of them that i never used so i just sent him those things and they're you know they're worth quite a chunk of change i'm like now yeah, now you can't give it back to me you, you know <laughs> <laughs> you know, so because I, 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 you know, I wanted to be able to pay folks because I, I appreciate the, the work and the effort to make this successful. Because without them, there's no way in hell. Like, like I always say, the covers will sell more pledges than my writing a lot of times. Yeah, they'll see that, they'll see that really cool cover and people react to it, uh, you know, offhand, and then. You know, oh, Tim's doing it. Oh, he sucks. I'm still not going to pledge or 
Yeah. <laughs> He's at least legend. I'll, I'll, I'll back him. So. Yeah, and that's it's hard. I mean, because like for me, because I paid two hundred dollars for um, a cover, and I didn't really solicit many people because I'm just kind of like, okay, I need a, I need an art. Right. I think this person will do. I said I'll do it for two hundred dollars. I'm like, well, I suppose. And they they did put a lot of time into it, but, mm-hmm. but then again, you start thinking. It's like, okay, does two hundred? Does this, you know, buy me two hundred dollars worth of of people? You know. Mm-hmm. You don't know ahead of time, but I think with, with definitely with the art that you got, it definitely is big. Oh um, yeah, for I mean, the nice tone. thing about yours is you have pretty much everything kind of done ahead of time too, and ready for or I have absolutely nothing. <laughs> it's an it's an I kind of went on the wing on this one. I I knew I was able. I wouldn't have done it if I didn't think I could do it. But I right. already got like half of it written already from the beginning of February, and so it's like because it's going real. Cause it's something I do anyways. It's something I do all the time. I mean, it's going to take a little time of polishing and doing that, but I put my level or my delivery date out so far that I'm really hoping this year I will uh, deliver much earlier than what I put out. Well, I actually put my delivery date in October because I noticed That's... you put your last one in October. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> it's, That's, it's what That's what I put this year. Put October. Last year I put August. Oh, is it August? Okay, is this year you put October? I thought last year you did October. Maybe it was somebody else. That's when I finally got it out. I was like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> that because uh, if you remember last year, it was like February and then March hit and then COVID hit. And then it just kind of, I, while like a lot of people, you know, were isolated and isolating and that, I was still on the streets working. I was working harder during that time because our work went down to a skeleton crew and I was still, I worked through that whole time. So it was, it was very draining through the whole process and learning the whole new, our new world at that time. So it kind of delayed my writing process for a while. And uh, then once everything got back to somewhat normal, I could get back into it, but it did affect my deadline. And, and a lot of it had to do with, it was, I didn't get it the way I wanted it until like September, October, or, you know, whenever I finished it, I had it finished earlier, but it still wasn't to the point where I was ready to give it to people because I wanted it to be better. Right. So I said, and the the thing, big thing about that too, is, is I kept the um, dialogue open on the Kickstarter updates and tell them, Hey guys, here's what's going on. Everybody was cool. They're just like, okay, yeah, great, Tim. Thanks for the update. It's when you go quiet that people, you know, get pissed off. But if you tell them, this is what's going on, guys. Uh, you know, uh, here's some, I'm sharing you some of the stuff that I'm doing right now. Da, 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 da. Then they're all cool about it. But if you go quiet, man, I, you, you know, I had one Kickstarter last year that I was really looking forward to. And I, and I even liked the guy, but he didn't deliver. And now he's just gone quiet. And it's just, it's a little, I don't know. It's like, it's a little insulting. It's like, just tell me that you can't do it or tell me because the last thing he posted was something that they were in the final stretch. Well, that was back in, I think it was in October and he was supposed to deliver, I think in like August or something last year and it still hasn't come out. But if you tell me that you can't do it, I'm actually, I'm okay with that because I know the risks of Kickstarter. Right. 
I, you know, when I put out money for stuff, I know that sometimes it's not going to be delivered. This isn't the first Kickstarter that happened to it. It's not going to be the last. You have to be willing to, you know, take that chance. But it would have been nice just for him to say, hey, guys, I just, uh, um, I just don't have it in me to finish it or whatever, you know. And, and as far as the money goes, it's just a whole difficult thing. Like I said, I go into a Kickstarter knowing I might not getting anything out of it. So I'm not going to get pissed off about the money. But the communication and you kind of just going silent on me. That's a little bit, right. I don't know, just, I don't like that part of it. You know, I wish they would just come on and just say something in that. Happened years ago with this poor lady. Um, she, her and her husband made these things called dungeon quest cards. And I absolutely, I met them in Origins, like, I don't know, this is, we're talking about 10, 12 years ago. And they were a great couple, love the product. It's, you know, you, it's just a real simple deck of cards. There's seven different decks inside the deck. And then you you uh, turn them over and you make a little adventure out of them. Well, they this was early on in Kickstarter, so they decided to do a Kickstarter, come out with an expansion deck for them. And I'm like, oh my gosh, absolutely, going to get in on this. And they funded, but then the lady when she mailed things out, somehow she messed up the addresses and everything that she shipped out was mailed back to her so basically all the post so oh no reverse postage everything. oh no so it just basically crushed her i mean she didn't you know and a lot of us went on there and said i will pay an extra five bucks to get this shipped to me I yeah believe it. the problem was she shut down she just kind of she didn't they had them printed they had them but i have no idea i <laughs> You know, and it's like, I'm willing, because I knew they lived in Ohio, which isn't too far. I'm like, I will drive to your damn house and get my deck of cards over there at this point, you know. Um, and that was like my second Kickstarter I backed back, I don't know how many years ago. And it's just a shame that that happened because she, if she would have just maybe talked to the pledgers, she probably would have gotten a lot of sympathetic people that would have said, hey, here's five bucks. You know, I understand Fine. it happened. You know, I'd still love the cards though. Yeah, you know, right. and, and I would, and I, I said that to her on the on the thing. But the problem is, is they kind of, they vanished. You can't even find them anymore. That basically they vanished from the gaming community because of that, which is just heartbreaking. Because they were such well, a cool couple. Well, and it, and it could be too that you know the the their brains told them that people thought a certain way about them. You know, what I mean, it's yeah. like they may have just had this such negative self talk that they an embarrassment that they just absolutely but but, yeah. but the fact is that probably 90 percent of the people would have been okay i get it yeah i mean if you you can still go on the kickstarter and that and you can still see all the comments of people offering to pay for new shipping on there you know i mean i don't know what the percentage was of uh of you know how many people backed it compared to did that but there was you know a sizable group and i was hoping that would help them out but unfortunately just uh didn't didn't uh, wasn't enough for them didn't work so yeah a kickstarter can be an emotional thing because that's what i always used to uh think back in the day it's like it seemed like every time i a kickstarter got completed the person who ran the kickstarter got sick <laughs> right so they would end up in the hospital or i'm like what the hell is this, this is like the kickstarter plague like if you if you successfully funded horrible things happen to you and um, 
uh, make it very difficult for you to complete and everything. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, and I think the thing is sometimes it's, it's, uh, you can look at these numbers and think what things fund at, but boy, once you start, yeah. um, paying for this or paying for that, and you start paying for an editor, you start paying for an artist or you start, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. it, it eats him that money really quick. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, 10% here, 10% there, then, you know, your postage, which is a huge chunk of it and printing costs and, yeah, I mean, I'm not a numbers person. Like some guys got it. Like Steve C, who does the, um, he's got his own Kickstarter out now. Steve Cook from Hogstown Games. Him and Matt are putting out a Kickstarter. Matt Jackson, and he has all the numbers listed. I mean, he's a he's a business guy. He's got this. He knows how much he's putting into art. He knows how much he's. Done. I've got none of that. I've just been. <laughs> I basically got okay. I kind of know about. Yeah. And I kind of know about you know. But you just wait till you get the pile of money at the end, and you say, okay, here you take some money. Here right. you take a fifty. Here you <laughs> take a hundred. Pretty much, <laughs> and and everybody trusts me enough that they know they're not going to get. Um. I'm not going to let them go without, you know, they're going to get paid before I get paid kind of thing. You know, I want to make sure everybody's taken care of before, you know, I get taken care of because this is, you know, I, I brought them into this, you know, rolling disaster. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think the thing too is, you know, if you are, I mean, the nice thing about Kickstarter is it gives you the funds to be able to pay those people um, as soon as like work's completed yeah rather than having to wait afterwards but That's still like it's like patreon money a little bit too to do that little initial part you know kind of uh given like i say the the signing bonus come on guys you know this is my product you know i can give you this much money this is what i expect if you're interested let me know and then i'm going to give you a percentage after it's all done usually what i do is i do like 10 percent. it's like i whatever i get from kickstarter I give them like 10% of it or whatever after, you know, some costs and stuff like that. But generally they make out pretty well. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, it's like I, I paid for art ahead of time and there's already a sunk cost yeah. right off to begin with. That's the but smart like, way to do it though. Well, yeah, the, I, I didn't add, so I already had all, all this stuff, all the stock, um, all the art that I have in there other than that has been stock art. Mm -hmm. It was just really decent stock art. It's more modern than sci-fi, but yeah. I just have it. It doesn't seem to matter to people, so I'm, I'm not gonna worry about it. I it, it, picture, it. Like when you say scoundrels, I kind of think of more modern kind of. Yeah, the initial. I end up having to take the art out of the book. The initial, my initial art for this what that I drew. Uh, I drew, but I um, made up was uh, showing the different levels. Was the um, based off of the uh, cloud city of Bespin. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, it was, this is whole thing was a tiered floating city, right? but it could be anything, but I realized that locks people's thinking up way too much. Gotcha. It doesn't have to be that, you know, right. and even if I do say in the book, it doesn't have to be that mm -hmm. it's still people are, and I wanted people to visualize it being anything. So, but you're right. It, it does seem to apply. It feels like it can be more of a modern thing, but but anyway, I guess the thing is, I, you know, it's, you know, when you go to figure out what your minimum funding is, like, well, I already got $200, like sunk into this. It's yeah. like, I don't want to set my funding because it's too low or too high because, you know, I already got money in this. It's like, I, I, I want to get this done anyway. But, right. but then again, you got to be careful that you still don't, 
accrue additional costs that may sink you as well. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's because like last year I had this big discussion with Ivy with uh, price points and the goal, you know, and I, and I was kind of going back and forth on it and, you know, I spent a lot of time on it and, but the, it, it basically came down to the question she asked me is like, well, are you going to, is this something you want to do? And are you going to do it if it funds or not? And I'm like, yeah, pretty much. I'm still going to do this. I mean, if it doesn't fund, I'll just release it on my own kind of thing. And she's like, well, then just set a low goal. So that way you're funded and then you can go through it and everything. And, and so when I went in thinking like, and that's, that's what I did this year because it's something I wanted to do. If it doesn't fund, I mean, I have avenues where, you know, I can just sell it myself and I can usually make enough, I have enough of a bit of a base that I can at least pay for my costs of what it is and, you know, have a little extra so I can <laughs> purchase more seats on Quest. you know. <laughs> Fund the habit. Yeah, and in fact, that's pretty much what I've done. I've just done stuff on drive-through in various places, and mm -hmm. it's it's generates a little bit of money here, a little bit there. But yeah. but the pays for my stock art when I go to pay for my stock art. Oh god, my stock art. Yeah, my stock art library is obscene. I've got so much. But I mean, it's good to have that. I mean, I do go to it a lot, and I was actually thinking because if you think about it, Phil um, Phil Reed when he was doing a lot of that stuff, it was all clip, you know stock art that he would use throughout the thing. He wasn't doing too much original right. art. It was from these other pieces, um, but it didn't matter for, for his things that he was offering. You know, it worked pretty well. For his more boring stuff, I think that's more uh, original art, it seems like, I, but I'm not sure, but it looks like it's more original art, but his, his previous stuff, and it works well. And I, one of the projects I'm thinking of doing, I'll probably do a little bit, lean a little bit more on clip art uh, I keep calling it clip art, stock art, um, just because I want to keep the costs as low as I possibly can, because I want to do some, kind of do a little bit what Phil did, and for myself, is do the, do maybe a Kickstarter where it's just PDF, and it's not any physical things, you know, just kind of, uh, but keep the costs, like, really low, like he did, you know, and, and just, you know, produce these things, and then build up a library of, uh, you know, back content like I did for my for my Patreon and stuff, and it it's uh it's nice having that that stuff because like you said in the future, like how Phil did, hey, I got this PDF, but now I've got you know 19 other PDFs behind me that you can offer, and then was, at least with electronic stuff, you don't have to worry about that bugaboo shipping. Yeah, because what he'll do is you know you funded this, I'll give you old PDF so you can. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really cost you anything more. You could say, you know what, you you fund at this level, I'll throw you these free PDFs in. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna be yeah. like, oh, what a deal! Why wouldn't I? Yeah, and it, and, it, and it helps him push his catalog forward and everything. Absolutely. Yeah, Phil. Phil is definitely a good example of of how to like grind out Kickstarter in, in a very effective and profitable way. Yeah, he's got the drum beat down. He's yeah. got the drum beat down. So no, it's absolutely. it's like the cadence is just he knows it's it's and I think the thing is it's like you know, even to go with like say somebody like um um also like with Ben Lawrence, it's like you know, you they're doing a thing, they know what they need to do. They're not trying to figure out what they need to do. And there may be points of inspiration. Right. You know, I'm not trying to discount that, but I mean, it, it definitely helps to 
to be that to, rather than thinking, well, what am I going to do next? Or, you know, should mm -hmm. I, you know, should and I do it? Ben's building his off, he said, like off his campaign world. So he basically probably has it there. He might not have it like fleshed out and polished, place, but, it, yeah. but the raw materials there. Exactly. Yeah. He's got it there just waiting for him to, you know, add words to on, on paper for it and everything. Yeah. That's what I was going to do because that's kind of way my Comor Forest is. But I'm just like, you remember how you're talking about do a little bit of this, do a little bit of that. And that's kind of the way I am. I like if I do one thing for too long, then, you know, it gets a little stale for me. So I like to jump around a, a little bit and try different things. And and uh, that's why like when you mentioned all the different platforms and that, I, I like exploring the different platforms and seeing in using them and seeing how they, you know, tinker around and see how they work and whatnot. So. Well, Tim, I think we're hitting the time space continuum. I thought we'd probably talk for an hour, but. Uh... <laughs> been longer than that. Yeah. Well, actually it was no surprise once we started talking. <laughs> like, Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a big subject. Kickstarter and zine quest is a lot of good stuff going on. And, and like I mentioned, <laughs> you know, on our, our zine group there, you know, people are just kicking ass. <laughs> you know, they're just they're just doing some amazing work, and it's just great to see people getting excited about it and 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 taking that next step and making stuff and putting it out there for everybody to see. Yeah, for me, I think what's more exciting or most exciting is. Um, I probably mentioned this before somewhere. I can't remember who, um, but yeah, I remember it seemed like back in the early aughts, uh, it seemed like gaming was kind of dead. Mm -hmm. But I thought, you know what? I've got my hero system. I got a few other things. It's like, there's really not much else new that's really going to come out. And right. I've got all I really need to, you know, have right here. I don't right. really need anything else. And then it's just like, it seems like in the last 10 years, things have just started in escalating as far as yeah. changes to the way gaming is is uh, done or viewed or yeah. the mechanics. And now you get all these, you know, we we'll call me weird people coming with all this other like crazy stuff. And it's all mashing together in ways that we could never predict. I know, it's amazing. It's like, and you're like, I could never have predicted this. No, no, I would be, yeah. Because like you, it's like back in that time, I think that's when I was still in the, I was in my GURPS phase where I was just playing GURPS and I really didn't need any other system because I could play whatever I wanted with GURPS, you know, any any kind of genre or time period, it was covered, you know, yeah. didn't worry about it. But, you know, but then as the OSR started coming up again and um, what really brought me back to kind of this type of thing was the, I would, you know, I can roll my D20 again. <laughs> and I had, and I still, I mean, I still have my original D20, the one I bought in 1978. You know, I still have it. It's a beaten up brown, ugliest ass thing, but you know, it's my favorite die in the world. You know, I'm, I'm actually the opposite. I, I thought about just doing a rant, but I think the D20 is the most boring die to roll. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
I, in fact, I think rolling a single die, I think I, I'm more of a fan of a pool. I'd much rather have a, a, a pool of dice I can just slam down. Understood. And and going back to the hero system, which is obviously akin to GURPS, it's like, there's nothing like grabbing 10, tick, 10 six siders. <laughs> Boom! Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah, because I used to play Tunnels and Trolls, and that, you know, you had your dice pool and... You know, you're you're rolling. Unfortunately, most of the time the dice pools were rolled against me. <laughs> Ended up in that death spiral more often than not. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I know what you're talking about. I mean, I do. I I like. I think it's the nostalgia that definitely draws me to the D20. You know, just for because and everything. Because I do like a more of a bell curve. Because I really love the age system. That's one of my favorite you know non i've not played it i've got uh, the expanse but jeff there is nothing when you can roll a giant <laughs> d metal d 100 across the table and watch people jump and the dents get carved into your table when this thing yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> you know you can you can still roll 100 d6s and i'll still take that one <laughs> Oh, that one. <laughs> and I, and I, you know, I pine for, I think the feelings that I got playing uh, the hero system, but I don't know that I pine for going back to playing the hero system, but. Understood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but see, the thing is, is no, you know, in D and D, the only one that gets to roll a handful of D six is, is the, is the, the magic user fireball. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. But the hero system, everybody gets to roll it. Everybody gets to roll a handful of dice or two handfuls of dice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can always house rule stuff too and, and get it in there and everything. Like I, I can't remember who came up with like the exploding damage dice, you know? Yeah. And then you can roll a few there or, you know, just depends on what you like and you, know, you can always make a rule for it or, or something, but yeah. 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 And also I enjoy games where you can have a pool, not, maybe not to that degree of, but where you can also manipulate the dice in your pool. Mm, okay. So you can you can step dice up or step down, or you can add dice to the pool. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Or you can or you can change what what things get added rather than just doing. I kind of find those things kind of more fun, and, and then just adding modifiers. But a little uh, bit more strategic than in with uh, that in a way. Huh? It, well, I don't know if it's strategic, but I think it just adds another game into the game. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> It, it, I don't know that it really is actually makes it more strategic, but it's like, okay, you know, I can, I can have this opportunity to add a D eight to this pool. I can roll. And it's like kind of neat, but if you ever played any cortex, um, I have, is that the one that fireflies based off? Of yeah. I've, I've had that book. I found that brand new book for like 25 or 20. It was only 25%. So I bought the thing and I was like, Oh, I'm going to read it and learn the cortex system. I am not one that understands rules well when I read them. I have to play them to kind of understand them better. And I've just never had a chance to to do the Cortex system. The, the beauty of it, I, I've kind of decided to give up on it after trying to, you know, ever since Champions, I've been trying to find the, you know, the the, the Holy Grail, the the unifying system that, that will rule them all. All gamers are. Yeah, yeah all it's like, I, I just go from disappointment, disappointment. I think the hero is the best one, but the um but the idea what's what's neat about it is you have this this pool of dice and you have certain abilities so you build it up based on different things and 
conditions. And, and then the other thing is that as a GM, um, you think that people, as they add dice to their pool, like some people try and fudge and add extra dice for this or that. Mm -hmm. But the limiting thing is, is if they roll a one, that creates a complication. And depending mm. on the size of the die, not right. the number, but the size of the die, if that roll, the larger the die, the bigger the complication. Oh, so if people well, start yeah, rolling more dice, it also means they're more likely to create complications. Sure. So as a GM, you could be like, sure, sure, sure. Go ahead. Because <laughs> so, yeah. I'll take that and put it in my doom pool and I'll use it against you later. And you can't complain because you gave it to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I'd hate that game because I because my I'm notorious for just throwing ones like crazy. So yeah. Uh, so anyway, we probably get going now. We're we've uh we're circling around to uh to different things now. Yeah. So anyway, thanks for uh thanks for the discussion. Tim. Oh yeah, Jeff. Thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. Am I your first twofer then? Uh no, I think I think Ben is. Oh yeah, that's right. You did that too, for Ben. Yeah, that was a good one. I did like that. Yeah, stat it was box. Like, uh, we'll just talk about stat box for a little bit, and it's like. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that one. That was a good one. So, well, thanks, well, thanks. for having me on, Jeff. I do appreciate it. All righty, and uh, we'll, I'll catch you later. <laughs>